Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. This is going to be my early week thoughts about CODA, some of the research process that I will be going through. You're looking at the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet in front of you. You can get access to the spreadsheet by going to raceforthepriz.com and signing up to be a Patreon or a supporter. You just simply click on the Brandon Cruz DFS red button. That'll take you to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz, and you can get access to the spreadsheets, the content, everything that we create. Again, you start by going to either just go to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS or just go to raceforthepriz.com and click on it. Got a busy week ahead of us. Bunch of F1, three NASCAR races, probably going to start getting to work now. What is my process? First thing I'm going to do is completely ignore Coda from last season. You can look at the Coda data. It was a monsoon. It was a terrible race. You can look at the notes here. There's no reason to look at that. Great. Awesome. I would be more inclined to actually look at the practice data from Coda. From last year, if it's early in the week, obviously on Saturday morning, you can watch practice and look at the Cup Series practice data for this season's race, and that's going to be much more helpful. But early in the week, you can't look at that. So what would you look at? Well, you can't look at the code of race. You could possibly look at some of these lap times to get an idea of, all right, well, <clears throat> we didn't really get to see William Byron go crazy in the race because it was a monsoon or Kyle Busch. But we can look at some of the lap times. And Ross Chastain was fast, but I believe, if I recall, he wrecked at the very beginning. Or was that the Xfinity race that he wrecked at the beginning? I don't know. The whole Coda weekend was a mess. And I am reluctant to go back and watch the Coda races over, although I probably will at like 17x. But something to consider, if you have access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet at raceforthepriz.com, maybe it'll give you some edge or leverage on the field by looking at the lap-by-lap data. That doesn't need to be bold. That's just an artifact from a, it's a vestige from a previous sheet. So that's one thing you can look at. You can look at all the previous 2021 results and laps led. It's all in the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet. We can look and see, not even just last year, we can look basically back to 2018, who's running well at, in, at road courses. Or maybe, you know, because of stage racing, because of slight volatility and variance at these road courses, you can also go here and look at their average running position, which might give you a better indicator of their performance. If you look at laps led, it's really going to tell you the top. But that also is, uh, you know, can have a lot to do with positioning and, and strategy. It doesn't necessarily tell you. The best car doesn't always lead a bunch of laps at a road course. It's a useful data point, but it also isn't going to tell you anything about a 5th to 10th place driver. The 5th to 15th place drivers aren't going to lead laps, so they're all going to show up a big goose egg. Lap sled is not going to help you there. Maybe you look at average running position, but as we all know, average running position, especially at a road course, like uh, I think Alex Bowman a couple years ago, I think twice he did it in a season, where he just cruised in the back at uh, Daytona 23rd, but he ends up finishing. Look, Daytona 2020, average running position of 23rd. Now, he had an issue, but he realized, look, I'm going to hang on to the lead lap. It doesn't matter where I run in stage one. It doesn't matter where I run in stage two. I'm going to hang on to the lead lap. I'm going to take care of my car. I'm going to play the strategy right. I believe if we look at his finishes at these courses, he ends up finishing 12th. He finishes 10th. So average running position also can be a very misleading and useless stat. More useful at other tracks where the stage racing game doesn't really come into play. So finishing position, not the best data point. It's okay. We've got a big enough sample size that you can look into it, but there are definitely issues with that. There are always issues with finishing position. There's more issues this week with average running position. Because, you know, at an intermediate track or a short track, you want to hang around in 20th, you're going to get lapped. You can't do that. You need to stay up front the entire race. At a road course, you can just chill. 
And we've seen plenty of drivers do that and say, all right, well, I'm going to pit right before the end of the stage. Guess what? They may not jump to the lead. They may not jump to the top 10, but just simply by pitting by the end of the stage, they grab 10 spots and they can do that multiple times. And then they turn it on and they hold position. And that doesn't mean that they're not a good road course racer. It does not mean that because they're running in the back, they're not a good road course racer or their average position is not. I think Chris Buescher is a perfect example, a guy who never really shows up well on the stat sheet at the road courses. And everyone's always like, oh, he fluked his way into another one. He played the stage racing game. But remember, even after he plays the strategy game and plays his cards correctly, he then has to maintain position, which means he needs to nail all the corners throughout the rest of the race. And Chris Buescher tends to do that. Let me see if I can look at Busher's finishes recently. And I imagine if you uh, compare and contrast Busher's average running position with his finishing position, there's going to be a bit of a difference. It should be towards the top here. Busher, 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 Busher. There it is. Um, you know, and so you see a handful of top 15 finishes. Finished third at the Roval last season. Fifth at the Daytona Road Course in 2020. So some solid finishes. Um, you, know, you don't just fluke your way into that. There can be some lucky breaks, but for the most part, you need to keep the cars behind you, behind you. And if you're not a good road course racer, then you don't keep those cars behind you. You can't just play the strategy game and say, all right, give me my top five. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now it's so fast. You played it right. Now you got to hang on to it. And Busher's done that job. So um, you got to be able to take that bias out. Uh, let me look at just the fantasy points performances here and see, okay, well, where did you finish? Where did you run? Well, maybe let's just see who's scoring fantasy points. Martin Drake Jr., we all know he had quite a run, but uh, it's almost all over the place. We've seen a lot of different red and green, almost like we're looking at a plate track. Uh, there's variance. There's volatility. There's stage racing. There's resets. Uh, we restack the field. We go barreling into these turn ones at the Daytona Road Course or at the, the Roval, which are ridiculous and insane. Um, and they're all pretty even anymore. I mean, there's a top tier of road course racers, but like they're not that good. NASCAR likes to build it up like, these guys are great. Uh, well, they're the best of some average drivers. And they're all better. They're not terrible. Uh, it's not like in the past where we had people just were completely punting on road courses. Now everybody's pretty suitable, but they're all not very good. And they can all just compete with each other. And the top of the top, I wouldn't argue, is elite by any means. It doesn't take much. Anyway, that's a rant that we don't need to go into. I think right here, what we are doing is we're taking their average running position and then just ranking best average running position. Kind of like rating rank, average running position rank, just to see, again, a difference between drivers. Well, I mean, because if you look at someone's average running position, you might say four. Well, okay, they were running in fourth place the entire time. Well, what does that really mean? How, how good is that compared to the field? What is the relationship? Uh, so this is more of a relative data point that says, all right, well, his average, let's look, Kyle Larson had the best average ranking. So his average position he was the best in terms of average position. What was the average position at Indianapolis last season? His average running position was second, which obviously that's good at number two. If you're running in second place the entire race, basically, yeah, you probably are the number one score. Let's compare that to Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott in the Indianapolis 2021 race, his average running position was ninth. Now, what is that in relationship to Larson and the rest of the field? To get an idea, that's why we have that data point. And that's second best. So that, that's quite amazing to show like the guy runs in second the entire time. He's the best. Where's the next closest guy in terms of average running position? Ninth. 
it gives you a pretty good idea of how excellent Kyle Larson was at Indianapolis compared to Chase Elliott, a guy that most believe is the best road course racer in the series. And he's got the trophies to prove it. He's got the wins to prove it. And he's in the commercial talking about road courses, but not so fast. Guess what? Kyle Larson is a better racer everywhere. You put him on dirt, he wins. You put him on asphalt, he wins. You put him in high bank, low bank, no bank, who cares? You tell me, racing on the moon, Kyle Larson is faster than you. Racing at road course, hey, guess what? Big surprise, Kyle Larson's the best. Sorry, Chase Elliott fans. It's okay. (laughs) I mean, you lived through last season. Who won the championship? Who won 11 races? And yes, I count the million-dollar race. No one else does, which I don't understand. Well, it's an exhibition. It doesn't count. Yeah, but it was an exhibition for $1 million. I'm going to count that one, all right? Sorry. Especially since he's won it twice now. Impressive. All right. Uh, you don't believe that Kyle Larson's the best? Wait, 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 wait. Thank you for joining me, by the way, on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. All those platforms. Please like and subscribe. Check out the F1 content if you haven't. Check it all out. Raceforthepride.com. That's where you can get access to all this stuff. You're going to want to go back and look at the data. You're going to want to cross-reference. You're going to want to doubt and question what I am saying. Maybe you don't believe that Kyle Larson is the best. Maybe you disagree and you are a Chase Elliott truther. Well, uh, the best way to argue with me and to prove me wrong, which you should do, because if you prove me wrong, then I can learn from you. It's awesome. It's excellent. It's great. I love that. But you need evidence. You need support. And guess where you can get tons of evidence? Notes, information, breaking news. All of that is in the Google Drive folders. I aggregate all the information for you. Make your life a lot easier. Just go to raceforthepriz.com, sign up for the Patreon. Here is the real rating rank. As you know, one of the factors or numbers that I created last season was this system called real rating and just frustration with driver. Driver ratings, not great. Not a good number. Finishing positions, not good. Average running positions, also not good. There's so many flaws in all these different data points. Now, I didn't set out to create the best data point, and it is not the best data point. It's just better than finishing position. It's just better than average running position, and it's simplified and better to understand. And I think it also draws, well, it's better than driver rating. Driver rating is complicated. Driver rating collects or aggregate or averages data points that I find to be insignificant, especially for DFS purposes, but overall racing. And so I created my own and it's very simplistic, but it hammers at what I want to see. What I believe helps me determine who's good and who's not. So what it does without I'm going to reveal all the in and outs, but basically well, who cares? Right? Who cares? Um, we're looking at, we're waiting it. Uh, so, you know, average running position doesn't wait. It just gives you an average running position. So if you run in 31st place and you run in second place, they're treated the same with an average running position. Same thing with driver rating, but it's not the same. If a driver is running in the top five, that's very important. That leads to fast laps. That leads to laps led. That leads to finishing position points. That tends to lead to positive place differential points. That's important. That's significant. That's what I want to see from a driver. And so, If you can run inside the top five, I think you should be rewarded. And I think the data should weight that more than, oh, well, you're running in 31st place. Especially if you've got a lot in the top five and some in the 31st, then those probably were just artifacts. Why am I saying artifacts so much here? Are just 
probably uh, cycling issues or whatever. It's noise at that point. So those should be weighted lower. And so basically that's what it does. It takes top five, top 10, top 15, top 20, top 25, top 30, and just weights the laps and creates a simple zero to one format. And you can see that with the real rating. So is it like average running position? Yes. Is it like driver rating? Yes. But it's a way of weighting more significant laps. And you can adjust it on your own. If you don't like my system, you're like, ah, I think you weigh top five laps too much. If you go to racefortheprize.com, get access to the Google Drive and all the information by going to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS, you can make a copy of the real rating sheet and you can adjust the weights however you would like. Another useful thing with this tool is it really helps separate some of these guys at the bottom too. We often don't have good average running position data, finishing position data. doesn't really tell you a good idea of the mid-pack, the B-class, the C-class drivers. But by weighing top 5, top 10, top 15, top 20, top 25, top 30, and then adjusting it on your own, like one of the things you can really do is mess around with top 25 versus top 30, top 20. And so it'll you'll really start to see some differences in the greens and the reds between these back markers. When you weigh, all right, you know, I want to see, are you at least running in the top 30 versus outside the top 30? And you adjust the weighting of that, and you're going to see some guys bump up, and then you're going to be able to clearly say, okay, this is a punt. This is a value play that I can trust more. So that is a tool that I think is very useful. And if we look at real rating from the road courses last season, Kyle Larson, out of a scale of 0 to 1 or 0 to 100, 92. Denny Hamlin second with an 88. Chase Elliott Tied for second with an 88, Kyle Busch, 85, William Byron, 82, Joey Logano, 81. And those numbers by Bush and Byron, Byron had two poor races at the Daytona Road Course in Coda, weighing him down. So he could be a lot closer to the top. And as we showed earlier on the screen, when we were looking at the practice data, he was the fastest at Coda practice last season. So someone, you know, obviously Kyle Larson on top of your board. Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, always on top of the board. Martin Truex Jr. always on top of the board, although we haven't mentioned his name yet. William Byron, Kyle Busch are going to be on the top of your board early in the week when we're looking at guys that we think are going to lead laps, run fast laps, and control this race. So let's go back to and see if we can talk about a couple other guys. There's Truex, 74. But again, he's bogged down by that 44 at Coda where he almost got killed. And that's about the only thing that I remember from Coda last season. In the monsoon, him just about getting killed. What were they doing? Uh, and then a, a 47 at Roval. So just like William Byron, two really bad races are taking down the average. That's just one of the problems you have with average. But if you're looking at all the data, you can see right, a 90, a 94, a 100. Solid races last season. Uh, but Kyle Larson was just lit on fire the entire time. Denny Hamlin was rocking and rolling. Chase Elliott rocking and rolling. Kyle Busch rocking and rolling. They, I mean, there is a clear chasm between the haves and the have-nots you said there wasn't much of a difference in the road course races yeah well <laughs> there's a clear difference now whether kyle larson is the greatest road course racer i don't think he is but it's all relative compared to the field which they're not terrible they're managing but compared to managers versus Larson, yeah, he's the greatest of all time then, if that's the way that we're talking. You can look through here and see some other significant guys like Ross Chastain. Pretty good at the road courses. Chip Ganassi slash Trackhouse, which is basically the same team and car from last year, had some pretty solid races for Chastain in the high horsepower, low downforce package. And we've seen them this season with more horsepower, less downforce, look pretty good. And that's what the road courses are. 
it'll we'll see what happens with Chastain, somebody that maybe you, you want to target. Here was Matt DiBenedetto actually running pretty well at the end. So I don't know if that's really going to translate for Harrison Burton. Probably not. What else? Uh, Bell. Halfway to, I mean, Bell won the Daytona Road Course last season. Anybody down here that Ryan Priest actually had a pretty good, well, it's Coda. So we are not going to count that one. That'll do it here. Thanks, guys. Just a real quick Coda podcast to help you out. Hopefully, uh, the Fantasy NASCAR podcast is helping you. The Fantasy F1 podcast is helping you. Please subscribe, share, like, leave comments, retweet the tweets, check out all of Cruz's stuff. Please go to racefortheprize.com. Think about signing up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash DFS. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. Let's trip the lights, fantastic. Let's go. Have fun. Exciting stuff. See you guys.